Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Homosexual. I'm your host, Christian Sigerson, and we are back today to talk about uh, rejection. I have touched on this before. I know that. I know. But this is different, okay? Because this isn't necessarily just about relationships. Um, I actually received news today that I got rejected. And for those of you in the same stage of life as me, I'm a senior in high school, applying to universities, many universities. Let me just say, rejection sucks, okay? So I applied to multiple universities. You know, I applied to one in my hometown, got accepted two weeks later. All right, yes, yes. I also applied to University of Victoria and UBC for commerce, which I was like super excited about. We went over spring break um, to go like see. And if you listen to that episode, it's us in Victoria and there's so many like fun things that happen. Then we went to Vancouver and like that was crazy too. And, you know, I was in math class one day, like a few weeks ago, and I was taking a test and all of a sudden I got a notification that UVic had updated my application. I was like, oh boy, this is scary. My like heart just dropped. And I went and I checked and I said, congratulations. Let me tell you, that acceptance feels so, so good. UBC is all that was left. Oh, I, I waited weeks, okay? First round offers came out, okay? Didn't get first round offers, that's fair. Second round offers, okay? Maybe there's still hope. End of April comes. I was like, hmm, uh-oh, better start uh, preparing myself for the worst. And I will say, I went to go see them, like, over spring break, and I honestly, like, I didn't know what I was going to choose. Like, I loved both of them so much for different reasons and like the programs were both like amazing and the campuses were very like different vibes but today my choice was brutally made when oh okay so I was in math class okay and uh, I was taking part a of my math test which was no calculator and then we get a little break and then you do calculator and in between you can go on your phone whatever like don't cheat I mean how are you gonna cheat on a pre-cal test with logarithms you know what I mean you don't know what's on it so I get an email that says UBC uh, application update. And I was like, oh, this is so scary. Like, do I check it before my test? And I was like, hey, well, like, obviously. And in, in the UVic email, it said, you know, congratulations writing the thing, but didn't say this for UBC. And so I went in and let me, let me just read it to you. Oh, um, so they said, thank you for your application to the University of British Columbia. We carefully reviewed your file and are writing today to advise you of our decision. Okay, this could be it. Concerning your first choice, Bachelor of Commerce, unfortunately, we are unable to offer you admission. (sighs) I, oh, I was so sad, but I kept reading. We understand our decision may be disappointing. Yeah, no kidding. But UBC received more applications than we could accommodate for this degree program. UBC reviews, blah, blah, blah. Um, Although your application featured many positive points, other candidates also presented strong application. Our decision reflects more on the overall strength of this year's applicant pool than your specific academic qualifications. It was so sweetly wrote, and I get the intention, but like, I don't know why, but the fact that 
I was getting rejected so nicely made it seem like I couldn't be angry. And like, fair, I didn't necessarily know I wanted to go there for sure. But like, getting rejected nonetheless is just, it's upsetting. Like, no one wants to be rejected. Do I like get their decision? Yeah, totally. Like, obviously, like, other applicants were, you know, better and like, that's fair. But I think what I kind of like learned was I'd been wanting it for so long. You know what I mean? Like I'd I'd talked about it for years and, uh, you know, I did the application and I really had like high hopes. I don't know. Like it was just a little crushing. Did I cry over it? No. Okay. I feel like at that point I had kind of like I'd already done housing applications and everything for UVic. I'd accepted my offer. Like I'd kind of determined like, okay, if they haven't heard by now, like it's probably not going to happen. But then when I got that confirmation, it was just like, oh, like that last little bit of hope was just like kind of gone. But at the same time, it was also nice to have that clarification that like, okay, now I know for sure what I'm doing and I'm very excited. Like I, I know I'm going with, you know, my certain friends like to this university and like now, you know, on the island, I'm going to be hiking and there's this really cool opportunity I was given that I can do at UVic, but I couldn't have done at UBC. So that's going to be really cool. And like, I think overall, it probably will be the best decision because I truly, truly believe that things happen for a reason. And I know that not everyone necessarily does, but I feel like in life, if you don't believe that, then you're just going to be a lot more unhappy because if you feel that nothing happens for a reason then like it's like oh why did I deserve this what did I do to deserve this like I'm a good person but it's more in my head a way of like the universe almost like directing you towards your towards where you're meant to be like during one of the hardest like lowest points in this past couple years when I you know was working my summer job like I was so sad I was crying multiple times a day I would come home just so upset and, you know, like I just, I, I hated my job, but that job gave me the idea to start this podcast, which has been the best thing that's happened to me in so long because I found something that I genuinely love doing and I love just talking about things with you and you hopefully being able to take something from it. One of the better things about UBC was they actually have dogs that just lay on the lawn in um, the middle of the residence buildings or so I thought I may have touched on this before but I just need to bring it up again today we're at UBC it was me my friend Brooke who I went with she was on an episode we talked about it like the day after it happened and then my cousin Morgan and we're all like my cousin Morgan was touring us around the campus because like she's a student there and I we were like around the residence buildings at Totem Park which is like one of the buildings I don't know and I see this dog just like curled up on the lawn and I am obsessed with dogs okay I love dogs and so I went up I was started like heading towards this dog and then my cousin Morgan looks and she's like oh my god and she like runs and then Brooke's kind of like what what like oh god and I was like is that a coyote and they're like oh like what like Brooke was like what and then she looked and she was like oh oh yeah that's coyote and Morgan was out of there 
and I like was about to go pet this dog, which was actually a coyote, which is like where I live in Canada, there are coyotes everywhere. Like it's very common, but I've never seen one. And so to be in the middle of Vancouver, which is a big metropolitan city, and to see a coyote just chilling on the lawn, and apparently there's just been coyote attacks around there. So, you know, who knows? Maybe this rejection is actually quite literally saving my life. Who knows? Maybe I would have been mauled by a coyote. But you can't dwell on these things because, yeah, it sucks. I got rejected. But, like, at the end of the day, I truly, truly believe that it just means that it wasn't meant for me. And, you know for school and stuff like there's so many different avenues to take that like maybe I just wouldn't have been happy there and you know that's what I'm gonna choose to believe so yeah I also kind of wanted to talk about because like I went to private school my whole life and I have found that like it's very stressful when you apply to these schools because like oh god like am I gonna get in and you know, thankfully, I've gotten into all the schools that I, you know, previously applied to. Um, but I wanted to talk about getting into the private all boys high school, which I've talked about. And honestly, I should do a whole episode of stories that happened there because, oh boy. But I remember applying. It was the end of grade eight, and we did the applications and everything. And we went in for, or like I personally went in for an interview, and it was with my mom and my dad. And it was very, like, it was a big thing because my parents are, like, very divorced, okay? My parents are very, very divorced. um, And they had to be in the same room for, like, a decent amount of time for, like, my interview with the vice principal of discipline. Yes, there was an entire job for someone to just discipline children. And I'm sure he did other stuff, too. Like, I think he did basketball, but he was a scary guy. Like, he was terrifying, And, you know, very proud of my parents. They did very well. But we walked in and we like all sat down and he like had my application in hand and on his desk was just an urn that said misbehaving students. And this guy was so, so scary, like literally terrifying. And I just remember he was like asking me questions and I was sitting there in the chair just like shaking like um yeah like I I really like math and (laughs) so eventually he was like okay like nice meeting you and he like went for a handshake and my mom always told me she's like when you shake someone's hand you grip it firm and you shake it like not like vigorously but gotta have a good handshake and so I shook his hand it went well obviously, because I ended up getting in. But then, you know, for a few weeks, we didn't hear from them. And then the day the applications came out, everyone at school, like I walked into school and, you know, like it's hard to get in, but like it's not that, that hard. And like we were kind of like, I was in a feeder school. So I walk in the next day and everyone's like, oh, did you get in? Did you get in? And I hadn't heard anything, but everyone else was like, oh yeah, like I got in. I'm so excited. And they're like, oh, Crochet, did you get in? And I'm like, oh, like, I I actually haven't heard anything yet. And then the panic really started to set in because it's like, oh, God, like, why have I not heard? Then I texted my mom and said, do you hear anything from that school? And she was like, no, no, not yet, honey. And I was like, so scared because it started setting in like, oh, God, I didn't get in. What am I going to do? Because... 
at that point, I was like going to be a doctor. I was going to go to the school I was at now. Then I was going to go into this high school and then I was going to go into university and then med school and then I was going to be a doctor. And I had my whole life planned out. Didn't exactly go that way as it often does not. To me, 13-year-old Chris J, my life was just crumbling before me because I hadn't gotten into this, you know, dream school and everyone else had. And some of these people that were getting in, like, I viewed myself, I was like, okay, well, like, my marks are better. Why am I not getting in? And so I go home that day, I get in the car, and I just start bawling, bawling, because, you know, all these other kids got their applications, and, like, why didn't I get in? Why am I not good enough? We get home, and my mom hands me, you know, a present, and we open it, and it's the school's, like, hoodie with the merch, and in the hoodie is the acceptance letter. And so I like freaked out because I was like so excited, but I was also like kind of angry because I went the whole day thinking that like I didn't get in. Meanwhile, I did. But like my mom had the sweetest intentions. Like it was so like no one else's parents did that for them. Like she wrapped it up. She got me like the whole hoodie after she found out like I got in and like made a big deal of it and like it's just so sweet and thoughtful and like obviously she didn't know that like all these people at school were you know freaking out that they got in I was the only one that didn't and if she did like she felt so bad after and oh mom I'm so sorry you shouldn't feel bad for that but it was just terrifying but then the feeling of actually getting in after you know all day thinking I didn't was such a relief I think that the biggest thing about rejection and my fear of it is not so much me. Like when I initially got, you know, rejected from UBC, I was sad, obviously, but the biggest thing was, oh no, other people are going to find out that I got rejected and like, that's going to be embarrassing. And then I had to kind of take a step back. It's like, Crochet, who actually cares? Like, you're doing what's best for you. Like, you know, it's all going to work out. You're still like moving away. Like I'm still getting to do everything I want to do. But like, I was just scared that like people would find out that I didn't get into the school that I applied to and like judge me, which is the dumbest thing because in reality, no one should care. And if they do, their opinion shouldn't matter to me. But I think a lot of the time when we fail at something or you know, get rejected. We care more about what other people think than what we really think. Because to me, yeah, it was upsetting, but I was more ashamed to like tell people, like I didn't want to tell my mom and I didn't really want to tell my friends. But then I, you know, realized that I was just literally being egotistical in a way. Like that was my own ego coming in the way of like telling people something that I should be excited about. Like Now I'm committed to a university that I wanted to go to. I'm moving to somewhere that I love and have been to and like it had an amazing experience. I'm going with like a close friend. Like it's something that I can be excited about and I shouldn't be embarrassed that I didn't get into this one place. And so I think where this can be applied to other things is when you get let down or you tell people something that you did something and then it doesn't end up working out, you can't be embarrassed for long. Like I definitely, I understand the feeling of embarrassment, but you have to realize that either you're doing what's best for you, 
what's coming to you is what's meant for you. And that if people are really your friends, they will support you. You know what I mean? And so whatever you end up doing, whether it's university or a job that you really want, I have full faith in you because you're listening to this. And if you are listening to this, then you're freaking amazing. Okay. But if you happen to get rejected or denied or turned away or thrown out, move on. It's going to take some time. Go cry about it. Go eat a pint of ice cream. But I promise you it's not going to affect your life as much as you think it will. I find it so strange a lot of the time, though, how much importance is placed on going to these like elite schools, more so in the U.S. Like so many people are just are dreaming of going to like Harvard or Berkeley or Yale and like all these elite schools when in reality you're basically paying for the name. Obviously the education is very good, but like you want other people to know that you got in and you want the validation that, oh, I got into this elite school and you know, I was good enough when in reality, yeah, the education is probably very good, but you're going into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. Whereas you could get the same degree somewhere else And like, if you have the means or you really want to go to one of these elite schools or, you know, away for school, go do it. Like, if it's something you truly want to do, I believe in you, but make sure that you are looking at the situation in a way that is not biased. The other thing is too, if you're moving away from university, the people that you're scared of judging you you're not even going to be around them. So why does it matter? Another recent change has been moving, okay? I've moved into a new place and, you know, the where I moved from was my childhood home. Like I was swaddled up in a little blanket brought home to my daddy, you know what I mean? Like I grew up there, all my friends were there and now I live, you know, a lot farther away And I was moving anyway for university in like five months, but it was definitely strange and we're still kind of moving in now. But I was kind of surprised at how little it affected me. It affected me way less than I thought it would because I thought I was going to have such a hard time and it wouldn't feel like home. But two days in, it already does kind of feel like home because I made it feel like a home, if that makes sense. And like, you know, my family's here and it's just... Now, when I go back to the old house, it feels different, you know? And so it kind of just proved to me that home is, like, not a place. It's with your family or, I don't know, whatever that saying is. But if you are scared to move into a new place, I promise you, okay, don't be. You're going to adjust. It's going to be good. And you're going to get used to it. I think some more important things are to have sim- like familiar items with you in your new like room or space because if you go somewhere and it's just all new, then it may just not really feel like a home. Whereas if you bring pretty much all the same furniture or special items or things that you had in your old room, it's just going to make it so much easier to adjust and make it feel like a home. Like now we live in the middle of the city and like, I definitely like it a lot more, but like we're giving 
certain things up. Like I can't just go on the walk in the forest anymore, which is fine. But now I can walk to a grocery store and not have to drive 30 minutes. And there's a gym across the street. So I'm going to get ripped and it's going to be amazing. And so if you are ever struggling to make somewhere feel like a home, bring familiar items. Another thing that I've kind of noticed or picked up on recently is when you accomplish something, you want so badly for other people to know that you accomplished it. And I've noticed this even with myself where when I accomplish things or something goes really well for me, obviously I tell my friends and family, but I found that you'll work it into a conversation so that people just like know that it's happening. And my mom has kind of always told me like the less people know the better. And I truly kind of have been following that recently where if something positive happens in my life, like I'll share it with my family and like really close friends, but like unless it's casually brought up in a conversation without me pushing it or someone asks me about it, I won't really talk about it if that makes sense. And so I think that just keeps a lot of like negativity and like sometimes jealousy away. And like if you can... You can always share it with like your close friends, but you don't necessarily always want to go around spreading everything good happening to you to everyone, you know, because I I forget who said this quote, but it's like, let success be your noise or something like that. And I just feel like that is just such a better way because like, wouldn't it be so much nicer for people to just like see your success rather than you like bring it up? That's kind of what I've been following and it's been working so much better. And then if something goes good or I'm about to do something and I'm really excited about and then it falls through, then I don't have to go around being like, oh yeah, so like that actually didn't happen. You know, like if you, I always did this, like I'd be going on vacation. I'd be like, oh yeah, like we're going here. And then it didn't work out, you know, like this summer. I was supposed to be going to Europe all summer. I was so excited that I went to go book stuff. And, you know, I was talking about it. I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to Europe this summer, blah, blah, blah. And then I would talk about it to other people. And they'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then I started booking stuff or like looking around to book stuff. And it was like, oh, must be 18 plus, must have parent authorization. I'm 17, okay? And so I was like, hmm, so I can't do like half the stuff that I want to do. So what's the point in even going? So now I'm deciding like, okay, I'm not going to go, which is very disappointing. But now I have to go around and tell everyone who asks me, oh yeah, like mm, I'm not actually doing that anymore. Like it didn't work out. And I don't know why, but like, I just feel so embarrassed doing that. And so I just don't talk about that stuff anymore until it's for sure or it's already happened. And I feel like you just save yourself so much like embarrassment and just kind of keep your personal life personal which more people honestly just need to do. I know personally, I've always wanted to move away and kind of like leave my home base. And I feel like that's pretty common because now a lot of my friends in university are not like from here, even though like living in Manitoba, why like in my head, why would you want to come here? It's like, you know, prairies of... Canada it's basically the equivalent of like I don't know Oklahoma or something or Ohio you know like what what is there in Oklahoma or Ohio some water some fields that's pretty much it and so when people are telling me like they came here from BC and 
Brazil and the U.S. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Like, obviously, it's why I am wanting to go away as well. It's because you want independence, you know, not necessarily just from your parents. But if you've lived somewhere your whole life, you just so want to get out of there. And so pretty much everyone I talk to, especially younger people like my age, I'm like, oh, do you want to move away? Or are you like thinking of going somewhere? And they're like, oh, yeah, like I can't wait to get out of here. And even like when I was in Vancouver, which is and Victoria, like which are my two new favorite places ever, people were like, oh, yeah, like I can't wait to get out of here. And in my head, I'm like, why would you want to leave this gorgeous heavenly place? But it's because it's all they've ever known. And so you want to seek something different because as humans, we just get bored of the same thing over and over and over. And that's totally fair. But like, I want my own independence. And so that's why I'm going away and I'm fiercely independent. Like, I love the idea of having my own place and doing my own thing and like living by just completely my own rules and managing everything by myself. Like, I'm at the age now where I just, I really want that. Like, I don't want to be treated as a child, but I also am still a child. So like, I want to be treated as a child to a degree. It's kind of hard because you don't want to be treated like a child, but like, you're still like, but can you still pay for my phone bill? You know what I mean? 17 is just kind of an awkward age. I'm so excited to leave my city and experience something else. Even though I won't have my family, I will have some friends, which is nice. I know I'm going to make more. I know that like I'm still going to see my family. It may not be forever. Maybe it will be forever. I really don't know if I'd see myself moving back to where I am now. But it's really exciting to like look to the future for that. And, you know, another thing too is like where we are now, honestly, like gay representation is just not super huge compared to some other cities and so I'm kind of excited to experience at other places like I never got to go to Pride here because the pandemic whereas I'm gonna go next year and like I'll be able to do that and I'll have like friends to go with and it's just gonna be so much fun and the scene is just so much bigger there and I just feel like overall I'll feel some sort of euphoric sense like I don't know how to explain it, but if you've ever like traveled and you get off the plane, there's nothing like just leaving the airport or like leaving the car when you like got out on a road trip. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's nice because it's different and it's new and it's like a new toy. Like you get a toy, you play with it for like, I don't know, two days and then you never touch it again. It's kind of like that, although hopefully it will, you'll like it for a lot longer. Um, But just so many people want to move away and I think that's totally good and great and you should want that independence but at the same time keep your childhood and enjoy it as long as you can because now I am only 17 I'm still a kid but I know that this is the time that I have to savor and enjoy and you know hopefully hopefully these are not the best years of my life because if high school was the best years of my life that is not a life I want to be living, I will tell you that. Because even though I'm just 17, I look back at when I was like five and six and seven and eight and I'm like, oh, like it was just such a good time in my life so far. And hopefully there are so many more amazing times. And if you're struggling right now, which I know a lot of us are, 
I promise you it gets better. And like, I don't even know that for sure. But like, I really, truly believe it does because your life is entirely in your own hands. And so if you want something for your own life, you are entirely capable of doing it. If you really want, you know, a dream job, although who dreams of labor, am I right? You can take steps to hopefully go out and get it. Age shouldn't really matter. Sometimes it can be a factor. You're too young, but like you're not really ever too old for anything. Like I truly believe that. Like my grandparents are an amazing example. My grandpa rides like 50 kilometers a day on his bike at like 80 years old. He rides the equivalent of like across Canada and halfway back in like a year, which like for an 80 year old, that's insane. I am striving to be like my grandfather. He is in better shape than me. You really just need to make sure that you're savoring every moment of your youth, especially, and just every moment in general, because you're always going to look back when you're in a rough time and be like, oh, I wish I could go back to when it was easier and when it was more fun and when I had less responsibilities or more responsibilities or different responsibilities. But then you have to realize that like, if you're only looking at the past, you're never going to get to a future that you want. You know what I mean? Like things may never not be the same as they were, but you can make them better. You can find new things to love and enjoy and be passionate about. Whereas if you're doing something that you don't like doing, and sometimes I get it, if you're working a job that you hate, it's not as easy as saying, okay, well, just quit your job. Like, no, we need money. We need to have a life. Sometimes there's people that we're supporting and you can't just quit a job. And I get that. But there are steps that you can take, although I may not necessarily know depending on your situation, but like reach out to friends or reach out to other people that you're looking for. Like, okay, for example, you, let's say you are in a job that you really hate, but you really got to pay the bills. If I were you, I would slowly kind of start looking for new jobs. And let's say my new job, I wasn't qualified. Maybe downgrade your apartment or something and get a job at like somewhere local or do something online. I don't know. There's people on TikTok always promoting stuff and they make money. So I'm sure there's some way to do it too. You know, maybe buy one of those courses. That'll help you. I'm kidding. Live well within your means and save up. And then, I don't know, maybe take an online course or go to online university and get a specialization and then apply for that job. Or just, if you're able to, just apply for the job you want to do. Or if you want to switch schools, then apply for scholarships. And I promise you, there are hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year in scholarships that are not even claimed. There are scholarships that you can apply for that you may be the only one who applies for it. You just have to look and there are so many resources out there. There's like, I don't know, Scholar Tree is a good one if you're looking for scholarships. But I promise you, if you really truly look at what steps you would need to take towards your ideal life and just do one thing every day. I know this sounds so corny, but it's like do one thing every day towards your goals. You want to be a multimillionaire, then like, I don't know, go work out in the morning. I'm, I don't know, that somehow is a step, you know what I mean? Because a lot of successful people do that. 
whether it's just for the YouTube videos that they do or they do it every day. I hope they do it every day. But, you know, when I work out in the morning, I feel so much more productive. Like if I work out at 5 a.m. versus like 5 p.m., I'm like, oh, yeah, like going to start my day off good. Lots of power. But if I work out at like 5 p.m., then it's like I've been kind of like looking forward to it all day and sometimes I'll procrastinate it until like 9 p.m. Just take little steps towards your goals and you can achieve anything you want to. Something else that got brought up by my friend Ashley was when people ask you if you're gay in the closet, like, are they mean about it? And I personally, hopefully not everyone experiences this. When people ask you, are you gay before you come out? There's two types of people, okay? There's the people that are like, bro are you gay or like uh, are you gay and say it in like a negative way that's like mean and there's the people who are your close friends or family and they're like like seriously like, are, are you gay like I, I totally accept you if we will or like blah 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 but like are you and both are horrible and terrifying for different reasons the mean one is just mean okay from a young age I quickly associated being gay as something bad and so I hid it for way longer than I should have and wanted to. And I was relatively young when I came out, but still like I saw being gay as like bad and a negative thing. And people, you know, made jokes and like, oh, if something was bad, they'd say, oh, that's gay. And growing up as a gay kid in the closet, that's not something that's good to hear about, you know, myself. And then there's the type where, you know, your friends and family and, you know, people have said this to me before and like, I love them. If you have a friend that you suspect may be gay or is in the closet and they haven't told you explicitly that they are gay, don't say anything. Because me personally, when people would ask me like, are, are you gay? Like, I totally support you if you do. It was crushing because it felt like I wasn't hiding it like well enough and so it made me even less of who I actually was because I wanted to hide it even more and so you have to let your friends and your family who you may like may suspect maybe like gay or lesbian like whatever you have to let them be them unapologetically don't ask questions they will tell you when they're ready there are feminine guys typically some feminine guys are also gay don't ask them because it's not necessarily that it's rude, although it can be, but it's more just like you are pushing that person deeper into the closet, whereas they should feel like they can be themselves around you. But when you ask them that, they feel like they can't. They shut down. Some of my friends that would ask me that when I would completely shut down around them and act different and try and act more masculine. And that just wasn't who I was. And then I felt like I couldn't be myself around anyone else. And it was just crushing because, you know, I'd go home at night and just like say the words in my bed, like, I'm gay. And like, that that was like the extent of me allowed to be myself around other people. And even when you make jokes, like, you know, one day when you find a boyfriend or girlfriend, or like, oh, one day when you have a girl or boyfriend, you know, like stuff like that. It's just it invokes fear and it's it just doesn't feel good. So if you are an ally, then be a good ally and don't ask questions. Anyways, with that, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Genuinely, it 
means so much when you guys reach out to me on Instagram. I answer all my DMs. I love you guys so much. Please go leave a review on Spotify. Click the five stars above. If you're on Apple, same thing. Click five stars. It genuinely means a lot. You can follow me on TikTok at Diaries of a Homosexual or Instagram at Diaries of a Homosexual. Message me. Tell me, you know, your favorite thing that you learned this episode. Or if you have any episode ideas or questions or you want advice or literally anything. Like, I started this, like, mostly for my friends. And now anyone else listening to this, like, you are therefore an extension of my friend group okay so like literally reach out to me like i love you and i will do my best to help you if i can anyways with that thank you so much bye homos